Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Hey, I'm Ray. And I'm Dean. And we're from Joy Breakfast. We hope you enjoy this Joy podcast. It's 10 minutes past eight on your Tuesday morning and it's time for us to get our science on. Yes, Valentine's Day was last week and folks have had love on the brain ever since, including the science community, who once again have found evidence of some of the ways love can change our brains. To dive into fuzzy little rodents and more ways in which they can burrow their tiny little snouts into our hearts, we have the fabulous singing scientist Kat Nugent joining us again for our monthly Queer Science segment. Segment. Welcome. Hello. I'm ready to get my love on. <laughs> yes. Now, we all crave love uh, and we're finding out what voles can teach us about love. But firstly, what are voles, yeah. just in case we can't picture this adorable <laughs> little creature? Well, firstly, I would recommend Google Images. Like, they are adorable. <laughs> um, but they are cute, fuzzy little rodents that are like the size of a tennis ball. Yeah, I think they're kind of cross between um, uh, like a meerkat and a rat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, for yeah. that looks from the description, I feel like they're the things I see in cartoons that I never know what they actually are. They're all, yeah, yeah, like yeah. little balls and things. The things in Alice in Wonderland that they used with croquet with the um <laughs> the, they're those, they're what they are. Now, okay, so that's what a vole is, but how exactly what do voles have to do with science and love? Well, pro-voles are a great animal for studying relationships and bonding because they undergo pair bonding. So that means that they are monogamous. And, you know, I'm not saying that all of us humans are monogamous, but many are. And monogamy is actually something that's really rare among mammals. It's estimated that only about 3% of mammal species are monogamous, which is really not a lot. (laughs) I love the fact that it's just like, no, they're just getting around. It's fine. Everyone's enjoying themselves. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas like, with with these prairie voles, even when their female partner dies, the male doesn't look for a new partner. So oh. they, they just, they love their so one. So they still oh. don't go through, like, divorce or anything. There's no, like, prairie vole divorce. <laughs> Which one's and getting the kids? And courts and things. Yeah. Not that I know of. I wonder what a prairie vole court case would be like. Like a Judge Judy version of a prairie vole would be interesting. You oh, keep the kids. cute little wig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they literally mate for life, which yeah. means that even if if they're their significant other, it's so weird. What do you call the partner <laughs> of a prairie vole? Their significant vole. The so yeah, their so uh, or SV. Um, they just don't move on. No, not really. Like sometimes they might, but um, it was discovered that there were anonymous, uh, sorry, not anonymous, monogamous. When an ecologist was studying rodents in the field, and unlike other different rodent species, specific pairs of female and male prairie voles kept showing up together in the same traps. They just didn't want to part. Oh, that's really wholesome. I love that. That they even want to be trapped together forever. Some people call yeah. that marriage. Yeah, I was about um, to say, some people think that's what love is. 
We are going to find out just a little bit more about what science has to say about these prairie voles. You're on Joy Breakfast with Rach and Dean, and we are joined by Kat Newen, our singing scientist. Joy. It's almost quarter past eight on your Tuesday morning. You're on Joy Breakfast with Rach and Dean, and we are talking love with Kat, and we want to know what science got to do got to do with it. <laughs> now, Kat, we're talking about prairie voles, some cute little fuzzy animals. We could say rodents, but rodents, nah, cute. to me, rodents are ugly. These mm. are adorable. So what have um, scientists found go on within the brains when they form their bonds? Yeah, well, a lot of it's looking at hormones and another part of it is looking at neurons, so the nerve cells in our brains. So vasopressin, which is a regulator of bonding, that's a hormone. And perhaps you may have heard of oxytocin, yes. which is related with love. Um these, these hormones are quite ubiquitous among animals, like lots of different animal species have them. But the difference with prairie voles, or perhaps in humans as well, is the changes in our brains brought about by these hormones, which can be influenced where receptors for these hormones are and, and how many receptors there are. It's, it's kind of like you may be trying to send lots of letters through the post, but if there's no mailbox on the other end to receive them, the message isn't going to get through. Oh, that's such a good description. <laughs> so is this where the craving part comes in? These little neurons um, are actually indicating that there's craving for love. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have different parts of the brain that are associated with reward and our reward centres. Um, now, one way that we've learned a little bit about love is comparing prairie voles and meadow voles, and they're a little bit more promiscuous. Um, so so when researchers delivered extra copies of particular genes for receptors for these hormones in the part of the brain that's um, associated with reward, they're usually sort of solitary and promiscuous meadow voles gain sort of a propensity for cuddling, which is super cute. Oh. So because they could receive the message, they were like, oh, we want to cuddle more. <laughs> oh, I love this so much because, you know, cuddling is curative in every way, shape and form. I think what I love the most is that we're learning about a scientific reason why when, you know, a friend of yours gets loved up or falls for someone and then they kind of drop off the map for a little bit and just hang out okay. with their partner and cuddle on the couch, now we can blame science for it. Uh, it's not <laughs> that they don't want to hang out with you. Yeah, well, like it's actually a craving though. So another hormone that people have studied is dopamine, which is mm -hmm. sort of the, the pleasure-inducing hormone. It's the same one that underlies cravings for, for sugar, nicotine and, and other things. So if you head out for a hot date, you get a flood of dopamine in your brain that's heading to your brain's reward center and motivates you to keep sort of that bond alive. But if you head out to meet a colleague instead, that flood might sort of be a little bit more of a trickle. And the way that they studied this is making their prairie voles sort of go over hurdles and obstacles <laughs> to, to either be with like a stranger vole or their, their SO, SV, whatever we're yeah. calling their partner. <laughs> their significant vole. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. And so they've actually linked these same bits in these teeny tiny little brains to the bits mm -hmm. that are in our brains. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and in another experiment, the vole couples kept apart for four weeks, which is kind of like an eternity in the life of a rodent. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and that Wait, they were kept apart or they kept themselves apart or the scientists kept them apart? <laughs> the scientists kept okay. them apart. 
<laughs> how, how mean, right? But but when the couple was reunited, they they did remember one another, which is great. But that that signature of dopamine surge had almost vanished. So in essence, that that fingerprint of desire or craving was gone. So oh. as far as their brains were concerned, their former partner was indistinguishable from any other vols. But this actually could be good news for humans who have undergone a painful breakup or you know lost a spouse, suggesting that their brain kind of has an inherent mechanism, I guess, to protect us from endless unrequited. Love. I love that. I love the fact, yeah, that we can have, thank science for this and know that it's actually real. It's not all in our head. So what is four vol weeks in human years? I'm not entirely sure how long it is in terms of our time, but it is long enough for voles in the wild to find another partner if they were going to. So, you know, whatever your standard um, <laughs> period is between relationships. It's got me interested in, because I, I, I this is an unofficial science when it comes to a breakup, but I think emotionally we as humans, when you break up with a partner, the if you have the amount of time you're together, that's the amount of time it kind of takes you to feel over them like so so for some people that's a good thing for some people that's small but you can always average it out about half the amount of time you you were together is when you finally just kind of let go of some stuff mm -hmm. i wonder if this has to do with the things in the brain as well and the chemicals and energies that you feed off when you're trying to get away from someone or break away from them after a breakup yeah, maybe. But it, it's not like we can say that prairie are humans. You know, obviously they're not. So the, these insights into what we call the neurobiology of love might not be directly applicable to humans, but, you know, they're cute. And um, <laughs> scientists are also doing more research like right now to answer that question of how well these results and these findings involves translate to their bigger brain, two-legged counterparts, i.e. us, Um <laughs> But they do believe that, you know, this kind of work could ultimately have important implications for people who've either had trouble forming close relationships or people who struggle to get over loss, um, a condition known as prolonged grief disorder. So, you know, pain, breakups are painful, but if we can understand a little bit more about them, maybe they can be a little bit less painful. Wow. Can you imagine if you suddenly realise you are less chemically inclined to love so you can take um, a chemical to be able to help you love up more that's that's just like crazy i'd want that all the time oh my gosh cat we have learned so much from you this morning but we can't let you go without asking a really important question that was in our totally tricky true or false trivia and also terrifying it was a totally yeah. terrifying question right i mean it was amazing but the more we went down the rabbit hole or chicken hole as it was the more terrifying it became now i found a fact on the internet that said a chicken was once kept alive for 18 months after its head had been cut off. Yeah. How, how how scientifically possible is that? Well, I heard you talking about the fact that, you know, a chicken would need to eat, right? Um, but, you know, the chicken doesn't actually need to eat. We don't need to eat. We just need the nutrients, like that energy that comes from the food and all those, those nutrients, oh. those goodies. So if you think about it, if you just sort of fed a chicken, like, you know, I, I'm thinking about like IV. Can you mm. IV a chicken? Oh, but like true. essentially if you, <laughs> I think for the chicken, if I, I could be wrong, but I think they were like sprinkling the nutrients on the neck to like oh my God. um oh. but even if even if it wasn't through the neck the idea is that if you do give it sort of like a nutrient soup mm, yum um it that that is enough to sustain it this wow. is totally interesting but the visual that's bringing to my brain are so terrifying yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. All right. Well, we have so many more things that we could ask. (laughs) Um, The only thing that I'm going to request is that the next time that we have you on, being next month, can we get a song? Oh, totally. Yes. All right. You heard it here first. She is the singing scientist and we are so thrilled to have Kat Nguyen as our science singing scientist for Joy Breakfast. Can't wait for the singing scientist live lounge next time you're here with us in the studio. I love, we're seeing you be like, what? What's going on? What do you mean? (laughs) Thank you for introducing us to Prairie Voles and filling our hearts with love today. Hey, I'm Rage. And I'm Dean, and I hope you enjoyed this little snippet of the fun we bring to air as a part of Joy Breakfast during weekdays. Don't forget to tune in from 7 till 9am or like and subscribe to the Joy Podcast. And keep yourself out loud and proud. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.